Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. This teaching is over Mark 4. It's the story of Jesus calming the storm. I've read this story a number of times, and frankly, there's a lot that I've missed. It amazes me that no matter how many times I return to a piece of scripture, the Lord seems to always have something more to teach me. And the same thing holds true for all of us, as long as we continue to study our Bible. I hope this teaching blesses you. teaching. We're going to be talking about a very famous story where Jesus calms the storm. It's a story that uh, most of us will be familiar with, so we're going to try to take a little deeper look at it today. As always, when we come to the scriptures, the first question we always want to ask ourselves is, why is this in the Bible? Uh, Why did the Lord choose to, to include this in the Bible? Also, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11, uh, tell us that these things were written as examples for us. So again, Romans 15, 4, everything that was written in the past was written to teach us or instruct us, not just to tell us a, a wonderful story. And then Romans, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 10, verses 6 and 11 say that uh, everything that was written down was written down as an example to us so that we would learn from it and not just, again, read it as a as a fun or interesting story. So let's get right into it. I'll go ahead and read it first. It's Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So it's a a remarkable story. So what we want to see again is what is it here for? What do we need to learn from it? What can we learn from it? How do we want to live our lives different in light of these seven verses in the Word of God. Verse 35, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. What's important here in verse 35 is that it's Jesus himself who places the disciples in this situation. The disciples are going to be in a situation here in a little bit where their, their lives are actually in danger at least in their own minds, right? They're going to be placed in a very difficult situation, a situation where the circumstances are uh, are hard. 
In verse 35, however, we see it's Jesus himself that places the disciples in this situation. Oftentimes, when we find ourselves in situations that are difficult, nothing is happenstance. God is sovereign. He knows everything. Either he allows circumstances or sometimes, you know, he even brings circumstances into our lives and allows us to go through difficult circumstances or even causes us to go through difficult circumstances, certainly for our own good. Sometimes we let our children work things out for themselves when times get hard and when they're in difficult circumstances. As our children get older, we need to start letting them work things out on their own. We need to, you know, we're there for them, but we need to allow them to go through difficult circumstances so that when they come out on the other side, they come out more confident. With us, the Lord wants us to go through difficult circumstances sometimes so that we'll come out on the other side with a deeper trust in faith and appreciation for him. And we're going to see that displayed here very clearly. Verse 36 is very strong. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Those first four words of verse 36, leaving the crowd behind. Jesus has called us to be disciples, not just Christians. In the Great Commission in Matthew 28, Jesus said to go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded. In the church, uh, the mistake we've made, as opposed to making disciples, we've gone and made churches of all nations, and we've certainly gone and made Christians, but we haven't gone and made disciples true disciplined followers of Jesus uh, who are devoted in their walk with Christ. Now, we have to be a Christian before we can be a disciple. A Christian is someone who's truly saved. They've prayed. They've asked Jesus to come into their heart, to be the Lord of their life, to save them from their sin. They're born again. They're a child of God. They're a Christian. A disciple is something else. A disciple is someone who's devoting their lives to increasingly trying to be like Jesus in everything, repenting when they fall short, really growing to wanting to have a, a more deeper, more intimate relationship with Jesus on a daily basis. You'll notice Jesus leaves crowds behind. Are we today, are we more, would we be in the crowd or would we be a disciple? Ask yourself today, are you a disciple of Jesus or are you just one of the crowd that goes to church and is a Christian? And the encouragement is obviously you want to be one of the disciples. Now, sometimes it's harder to be a disciple because the crowd didn't have to get in the boat. It's only the disciples of Jesus, those who have a much more intimate and close relationship with Jesus that were called to go through this difficulty. But at the same time, it's only the disciples that Jesus is going to reveal himself to in a much more powerful and intimate and magnificent way. So a disciple has a much greater and deeper and more intimate relationship with Jesus that will manifest itself in dozens of different ways. But verse 36 says, leaving the crowd behind. Jesus leaves the crowds behind and he spends his time with disciples. So you want to be a disciple of Jesus today. If you're just a Christian today, you're going through the motions, you go to church, 
but that's really 90% of your relationship with God, then you want to repent today and you want to change that. And you want to go to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I want to become a disciple today, a true disciplined follower that walks with you, Lord. I want to have a, a deeper, more profound, more intimate relationship with you, Lord. I, I want to have a devotional life with you, Lord, where I spend time with you, where I spend time in the Word of God, where I, I spend time daily in prayer, where I spend time daily in thanksgiving and repenting over aspects of my life that are not in order. Let's be disciples of Jesus. Let's not, let's not just be part of the crowd. So again, it says, um, they left the crowd, and they took Jesus just as he was in the boat, and there were also other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Other versions say that a storm came, and the boat was filling with water. So again, it's, it's Jesus that says, let us go over to the other side, and now... It's not two verses later that they're in a, a, a massive storm so that the boat is, is going to capsize. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. We'll talk about that. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Now keep in mind that most of these men were professional fishermen. That's what they did for a living. So they were on the water their whole lives they spend on the water. The reason that's important is... For most of us, you know, who've been on a boat or who have been in, a, in choppy waters, we get scared pretty quickly. But those who make their living on the ocean, those who make their living on the water, they don't get scared very easily. So for professional fishermen to truly believe that they're going to die and drown, uh, we can see this as an extremely bad storm. Again, a storm that Jesus placed them in. Again, sometimes Jesus places us into difficulties, into trials, into the storms of life, because he wants us to come out on the other side with a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. And there are several questions we want to ask ourselves. Verse 38, I believe, is, is probably the greatest picture of personal peace anywhere in the scriptures. There's a hurricane going on. Professional fishermen believe they're going to drown. The situation is so bad. In verse 38, the first nine words says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. As I've meditated on this and, and went over it over and over and over, again, I still, I can't, it's hard to make sense of it. You think of a boat that's just, that's going crazy on the water, Things are so bad that professional fishermen believe they are going to drown, and he is sleeping. Jesus is at peace. He clearly has, has no concern. He has no fear. It's almost as if he's unaware of the circumstance. The truth is, Jesus is, is at peace because he knows the call of God on his life. He knows what he's been called to do. And he is in deep and intimate relationship with his heavenly father. So he knows he has nothing to fear. Now, this is a picture for us, believe it or not, that, that we want to grow closer and closer to having this kind of peace. I personally have never had peace, anything close to this. To be able to, to fall asleep 
in the middle of uh, life-threatening circumstances is, well, we're a long way from that. But what we can do is we can learn to have peace in the middle of difficulties. Jesus, this is a picture of, of ultimate peace. It almost seems unrealistic. But we can learn to have peace in the middle of difficulties. Most of us, and oftentimes myself, I don't have genuine peace when my circumstances are not as I would like, when I perceive them to be hard or difficult or frustrating, um, I wouldn't describe myself most of the time as being in peace. We're here, Jesus is showing us that we can have peace even when we have trials and difficulties that are not to our liking. It says here, the disciples woke him. And then these words in quotes, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And certainly that's been a feeling of my heart, unfortunately, many times. Sometimes we feel we want to go to Jesus and say, Jesus, don't you care? When we're going through difficulties in our life, when circumstances are hard, when we don't understand things, oftentimes we, it's, hard to, it's hard to truly believe that God cares. Because after all, he has the power. He can do anything. Our Heavenly Father can stop this storm in three words. Whatever the storms are in our life, He can rebuke the storms. He can rebuke the difficulties. He can, whatever problems are in our life, Jesus can, can take them away in a moment, yet He chooses not to. And so oftentimes our first reaction is, is Jesus, don't you care? Don't you see what's going on in my life? Don't you see the suffering of of my loved ones? Don't you see the, the difficulties in my finances? Don't you see the, the hardships in my marriage? Don't you see the difficult times I'm having with my kids? Jesus, don't you care? It's so easy for us to believe that Jesus doesn't care. Sometimes it just seems like he's sleeping on a cushion while I'm going through a storm in life. And here is probably the center part of this story. We're going to find it in verse 39 and 40. Jesus is far more concerned with our growing in our faith than he is in the comforting of our circumstances. So hopefully that makes sense. Jesus is more concerned with our faith than with our circumstances. He wants us to grow and mature in our faith in him, for that will serve us above all things. And oftentimes he's going to use difficult circumstances to do that. As I'm sure you've seen, most of the time when we grow the most in our faith in Christ, for whatever reason, it generally doesn't come in the best of times. Generally, our growth in faith is in difficult times. C.S. Lewis said, your faith is only as good as it is on its worst day. And that makes sense, right? Because it's a lot easier to have faith when, uh, when times are great, when there's plenty of money in the bank, when everybody's healthy, when we're all getting along, when everybody's saved and growing a church and praising God and things are wonderful. But when the storms of life are coming around us, it's much more difficult to have faith. But it's these storms that that help us to grow in faith. You remember James 1 tells us to consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. 
So we see the same concept in James. Consider it joy, pure joy, when you face trials of many kinds, because it's the testing of your faith that's helping you to grow and mature and have a more deeper and intimate relationship with Jesus. So we see that concept laid out here very clearly. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. 2,000 years later, we still have no power to control Mother Nature. In this day and age, in 2019, we have technology that can advise us that Mother Nature is coming, and we can evacuate entire cities, major cities, but we have no power to stop her. Mother Nature rules us. We've seen devastating hurricanes causing billions and billions of dollars of damage, and the only power we have is to get out of the way. But not Jesus. Although Mother Nature still has power over us, it's clear that Jesus has power over Mother Nature. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. You try to imagine a hurricane going on, or the worst storm you've seen, or the storms you've seen on TV where the waves are breaking over the, you know, breaking over the, the beach. And just imagine it going from a raging storm to completely and utterly calm. Verse 41 says, His disciples were terrified and said, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What's ironic here is they're not scared anymore because of the storm, because there is no storm. It's completely calm. But it says they were terrified, and obviously they're terrified of Jesus because they're seeing him now in a light that they were unaware of. Never have they seen anyone or anything that Mother Nature will submit to. But Mother Nature submits to Jesus because obviously he created her. So she must obey him. And that's a very powerful concept in itself. Ultimately, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, in heaven on an earth and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Even Mother Nature has to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. And in three words... So they're going to get, they're going to see Jesus because they're in the boat with Jesus, because they're disciples of Jesus, because they're going through a difficult circumstance, they're going to have the privilege of seeing Jesus in a light they haven't seen him before. They're going to see the power of God manifest in a way that causes them to be terrified. Verse 40, he said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So you notice that he rebukes the circumstances first. It takes him three words 
to go from life-threatening circumstances to completely calm with no problems at all. Jesus obviously has the power to do this in our life. Sometimes circumstances come and go quickly, or difficulties may come and go quickly, and there are other times he, he allows the difficulties that, to tarry and to carry on much longer than we'd like. But the question you want to ask yourself is, do you have Jesus in the boat? First of all, do you have him in the boat of salvation? Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you received Jesus as your personal savior? Are you trusting in him actively right now to save you from your sin and be the Lord of your life? If not, right now you can pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinful person. I confess that I need you. I ask you to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. If you pray that prayer, you'll become a Christian. And Jesus will be in your boat. He'll never leave you or never forsake you. So you want to have Jesus in the boat of your circumstances. But more than just being a saved Christian, are you, an, are you a disciple? Because a disciple of Jesus always has Jesus in his boat or her boat actively. You notice the crowds were left behind. Are you an active disciple of Jesus so that he is, you're actively experiencing him on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis throughout all the circumstances of your life, whether they be good or bad, whether they be uh, fun or difficult? So you want to be a disciple who has Jesus in everything. Now, it's, uh, it's not a, a big, mysterious thing. A disciple, again, is a devoted follower of Jesus, someone who devotes themselves to spending time with Jesus every day, spending time in the Bible, spending time in prayer and in fellowship with other believers, uh, spending time in thanksgiving, being thankful to, uh, to God, uh, spending time in repentance for repenting of things that are out of place in their lives. A disciple does go to church. Those are good things. But you want to invite Jesus personally into your circumstances. If you're going through some difficulties today, invite him in. Say, Jesus, I do ask you to come into my circumstances. And I ask you to say, quiet, be still to what's going on in my life today. The way he stilled these circumstances, he can still yours. Maybe you have financial difficulties. Maybe you're having marital difficulties or family difficulties, difficulties with your children. Maybe it's a health issue. Jesus can say to you today, quiet, be still to whatever your difficulties are. And in a moment, they can be gone. Now, again, sometimes he'll let them tarry because, again, Jesus is more concerned with the growth of your faith than he is the difficulty of your circumstances. Remember, James said, consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds because it's the testing of your faith that's helping you grow to persevere so that you can ultimately become a disciple that is mature and complete, not lacking anything. What an amazing thing it would be in this life. And that is what James means, that we can get to be mature Christians that are complete, not lacking anything. Disciples that are mature and complete not lacking anything. Verse 41, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? So after he rebukes the, 
the wind and the waves and the difficult circumstances, then he rebukes them for having a lack of faith. And he's saying the same thing to us today. As disciples of Jesus, we are called to have an increasingly maturing faith and reliance on him in all things. He rebukes them because there was no need for them to be afraid. If Jesus is in the boat and he's at peace, they should be at peace. They should have understood that there's no reason to be scared. Jesus is right there. And if he's not worried about it, I'm not going to be worried about it. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us today to begin to walk in this level of faith. Help us, Lord, to have a trust and reliance on you that if you're in our boat, that if we're saved, and if we're also a disciple of Jesus Christ that's bringing you into each of our circumstances and spending time with you, that you've got this, that you're going to take care of us. There's no need for us to fret or fear or be frustrated because you've got this. And the other main point we want to see in this teaching is in verse 41. It says, they were terrified. Now remember, there is no more storm, but yet they were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. At this point, the fear of God in them is greater than the fear of the circumstance. Now think about that. That's profound. They have gotten to a point now where they are terrified. They were scared of dying. But now they're, another version says they were exceedingly fearful. They had exceeded fear because of him. Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So hear that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's how the whole book of Proverbs starts. So think about that. What that means is you don't really understand anything about God until you understand the fear of God, because if the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, you don't really know anything until you know the fear of God. Now I'll say again, we can be saved. We can be born again. We can be on our way to heaven. We can be true Christians, children of God but still have very little fear of God. We don't really know him. We don't have an awe and respect for who he is and the power he has. We don't fear the fact that wherever we go, whatever we do, whatever we say, whatever we think, he is aware of. And he loves us and he will discipline us. There is a healthy fear that a child has of their parents. Of course, they know that their parents love them. We know that our Heavenly Father loves us, but we do have a fear of God to know that, that if we step out of line, he will discipline us. And certainly, we do have an awe and respect for him. So that'll be a separate teaching on what is the fear of God. But we find in verse 41 that they were terrified and said, who is this? We really want to grow in the fear of God. Lord Jesus, help us today to grow, to have a greater fear of God than we have a fear of our difficulties or a fear of our circumstances. Lord, I pray that as we grow in the fear of God, our faith will grow and our love for you will grow. To the extent that we can really grow and mature in the fear of God, can we really grow and mature in faith and in the love of God?
So we see that by the end of this, it's a blessing that they've come through this. Their eyes are open. They had not seen Jesus in this light. And it'll be the same with us today. Whatever difficulties you're going through, whatever storms are going on in your life, continue to press in, continue to bring Jesus into the storm, into the circumstances, into the boat of the difficulty with you. How do you do that? Just pray him in. Lord Jesus, you see what's going on in my finances. I ask you to come into my finances, Lord. I ask you to reveal to me what you'd have me to learn. I ask you to help me, Lord, to manage my finances as you'd have me to do. Lord, this job situation I have going on, I ask you to come into it and consistently bring him into it. Thank him for being a part of it. And, and ultimately, it won't be long, and you'll hear Jesus say to that situation, quiet, be still. For those of us who've walked with the Lord as disciples uh, for any amount of time, really, it won't be long to where you will have seen Jesus say, quiet, be still, to whatever difficulty it is. Some last longer than others, but ultimately, Jesus is going to come through and the situation is going to be remedied. Well, Lord Jesus, we do thank you for this teaching. We thank you for your mercy on our lives. We thank you for the word of God. Father, we ask you to help us to, to trust in you. Whatever difficulties are going on in our lives, whatever storms we're going through right now, Father, we thank you that whether whether you've allowed us to come into these storms or whether you've put us in the center of these storms, that we can be at peace if we have Jesus in the boat with us. Father, help us this day that if we don't know Jesus as our Savior, to bring him into the boat of salvation. And Lord, if, uh, if we're just Christians and we're not devoted disciples of Jesus, I ask you to help us this day to bring Jesus into the boat of discipleship, Lord. Lord, that we might really come and see you in a new light. Lord, open our eyes, even as you did the disciples, Lord. Um, Father, as a Christian, I don't know that I've ever really been terrified of Jesus. But Lord, I think it would be good for us to see you in a light where we might say, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Father, we thank you that nothing is beyond your power. Lord Jesus, we thank you that if you're in the boat with us, we can be at so much peace that we can even be sleeping in the middle of the most difficult circumstances of our lives because we have so much faith in you. Father, help us to do as James has said, to somehow begin to consider it joy when we're facing trials and difficulties of all kinds of, uh, of different kinds, because it's the testing of our faith that's going to ultimately help us to grow and mature in our relationship with you. Father, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you for the word of God. We ask you to help us to live it out today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org.